This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jonathan Kotcher has put the ball down on the penalty spot. He was denied from the penalty spot against Queen's Park Rangers when he went to the goalkeeper's left. How about now, at the halt end? This is pressure. Kodger! Bang! It could be his parting gift before he heads off to the African Cup of Nations. It's a huge moment for Aston Villa in front of the halt end. My old man said. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. It's one of our quick post-match preview type shows and joining me as per usual is Dan Rogers of the Villa Underground. Hello there, back for more. (laughs) (laughs) This one's for the fans. (laughs) All two of you. <laughs> this is the extra show. Oh. So, uh, cold night at Villa Park. Uh, well, we've actually had two games since last we spoke. Uh, let's let's talk about the most recent one, Leeds. Mm. That was a game where Leeds could have finished it before we decided to get involved, really. I thought we were really lucky. I thought, aside from the last five or ten minutes, we, we we lost our way badly. I thought we never we never got a hold of the game. And when we did have chances, we were actually quite... Wasteful. I don't think I realised quite so much at the time. Only looking back, yeah, those Codger misses. Yeah, there's a thing when we, we were discussing it after the game. Codger's no Benteke because no. he doesn't have the awareness of his teammates. And uh, like for example, against Liverpool, uh, Benteke in, in pretty much every game against Liverpool, mm. as well as scoring goals, he would also uh, set up other people. And also, you know, with the back heeler being one of the best examples. Mm. Well, Codger. The chance that he had just to square the ball against Leeds, and I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that that live, and it, that was the difference between us drawing and not winning that game, wasn't it? Uh, ultimately, when I mean, really, we probably wouldn't have deserved to have won that game overall, would you say? I mean, we're lucky to still be in it, probably in the last ten minutes, given the I can think. Yeah, of I mean, I mean, you've got to take into account that Leeds actually gave us a penalty. That was <laughs> a moment. It was a great madness. catch, though, and it was nice of is it Roger East to. Be yeah. blind for those four seconds, and it eventually he, got given. But he's a Premier League ref, isn't he? 
well, who's <laughs> kind of came down and was slumming it uh, because they couldn't find somebody. Was that the last game? I can't remember. Good job his assistant was was paying attention. Exactly, because there is. I mean, a lot of people have noticed there's a real uh, difference in uh, oh, definitely officials' level of competence. Definitely. I mean, the, most of it's been Uriah Rennie standard, hasn't it? I mean, even been pretty shocking. But uh, if we didn't get that one, uh, even if we'd lost one nil and didn't get that decision, you wouldn't have been that. I mean, you would have been pissed off, but not that kind of. Uh, you'd have got over it. Speak for yourself. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> speak, for, speak for yourself. I but was. The uh, game was a little bit like the Newcastle game where. Mm. Villa were pretty abject, and then in the last ten minutes, the whole game kicked off. But this time, it was a it was a two way thing. It was end to end. I mean, the Newcastle game, we absolutely bombarded Newcastle. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought the first half we we controlled things without doing a lot, and you know, we. I think we again we sort of lost our way. We we had a couple of chances where we should have done more. Leeds weren't weren't very adventurous in the first half, and I thought, you know, I, I really thought they were there for the taking. They came out the traps, didn't they? The, the second half uh, Leeds, and. It was a bit more end-to-end. I've seen it described as quite exciting for the neutral, which meant it was 50% terrifying for us as Villa fans, really. That <laughs> I, I mean, even, little things like even when we managed to claw ourselves back into the game, how typically Villa was it that less than 30 seconds later there was a man bearing down on our goal who, you know, it was, it was harder to miss than... Yeah, no, he was, he was through. He should have done better, really. You know, uh, what, what, what did you think of the performance of the newly... Uh, Evaluated twenty-five million left back that we've seemed to have inherited from somewhere. I'm coming in for some pelters for this today. <laughs> My view is that he was he was really We're talking about Jordan Amavi. If you're sitting at home thinking, who the hell have we got in our squad that's worth twenty-five million? It's not Gabby. Uh, it's if, if that's a twenty-five million pound footballer, I think he's a. I do think he's a great player. He's, he's got prom. He's not a great player now. He, could, he has, he has that promise. potential, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, uh, but he, he did two things in the first half where. I think he wanted to show the ball out quite close to our touchline. He got cut back and Leeds had a great chance. And he did a similar thing where he lost the ball uh, almost in, in between the corner flag and the and our own penalty area in the same half. And you sort of think, well, learn from your mistakes. It only happened 10 minutes ago. Because I mean, um, going forward, he, well. he put in a... He has a good natural... I think he has a natu- good natural cross, like yeah. the chance he gave to Chester. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah, was a cross was out of out nowhere. Nothing. And it was probably one of the best deliveries we've seen at Villa Park this season. Well, I said I said at the time that, that was, that's exactly the kind of ball that we need to be putting in more often because it wasn't, it wasn't from a, a set piece. It, was, it caught Leeds off, off guard. And, we, you know, we had, we had men up there. I was going to say big men, but Chester's not, not necessarily a big guy. But he... Yeah, it was a goal-scoring chance that was a bit bit less ordinary Aston Villa, wasn't it? Well, it only, I mean, it only happened once the cavalry came on, mm. uh, like a Domar just dead, and exactly yeah. like Burton, where he just threw yeah. everybody on, took off the midfield. I mean, we'll talk about Yedinak's performance in mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. But it's Steve Bruce, you, your plan A is, what is it? I don't because know. he's talked about setting up not to get beat, uh, and that was the first thing he wanted to be mm. is resilient. But they were they were making so many mistakes at the back that they weren't actually playing to that game no. plan. And the only way games against Burton and Leeds have been saved and rescued, and we've got points from, is just throwing on his you know yeah. these random subs. There seems to be. I think his substitutions are very good, but then I think that opens him up to well, why didn't you start with them? Yeah. I think Grealish is a puzzle because I, I think back to the Burton game, which we'll get to in a minute, where. You know, he, he when he came on, he affected that. Uh, but over over the first forty five minutes, you know, he was, he was really composed against Leeds, and I thought he might might start to turn the screw. So it would have been interesting to see if Grealish over ninety minutes could affect the game. Uh, but then you see Adoma, and Adoma 
you know, in the few minutes he was on, delivered more more balls and more threat wide. And I suppose what I'm saying is we had no width really before because Amavi couldn't get forward I at think, all during the game. I think the they, game. they need to play Adoma as an out-to-out winger and just focus on yeah, getting yeah, the ball out to him it. and letting him run at the opposition. Just feed it out because I'm, I'm not, not being funny. It almost brings me to want to self-harm when Alan Hutton finds himself on the edge of the box and you just you know what's coming don't you it's like he's either going to scuff it or it's not going to beat the first man it, he's not a winger but yeah. I'd rather have Adoma on the end of that than, than him if you make it obvious that uh, Adoma is your right wing threat then the opposition yeah. then think about that and compensate for that and then that creates more room in other areas mm. and it keeps them off guard I mean, I'm sure Bruce over this period as well it, this isn't something that necessarily sits well with traditionalists but there's definitely some squad rotation over the Christmas New Year period going on there as well that you can see on the back of McCormack's performance at the weekend and some of the midweek hype yeah. before the Leeds game. I expected him to start and, and was surprised to see AU come in. You know, but on the basis of 10-15 minutes of AU against Burton, I can sort of understand that as well. Where yeah. Maybe there's a bit of that to it as well. But in terms of, uh, I mean, the Burton game... Mm. I mean, we've, we spoke about this and I've written about it. There's this perception... Uh, <laughs> on uh, social media from some Villa fans that there's only two options in this world when it comes to football you can play ugly and win ugly sorry two options for Aston Villa (laughs) play ugly and grind (laughs) it out and win or Mm. the other option is to play amazing football but lose Mm. there's actually more options than that and uh, (laughs) we're just not familiar with them (laughs) And we've only won and ground it out (laughs) against teams in the bottom six I mean five out of seven of Bruce's wins against mm. the bottom six out of our eight total wins six of them against the bottom six these are the facts these oh, are the right. facts yeah. they cannot be denied and so when we're saying we need to play better if I say it on social media or write about it I'm not talking about playing like Barcelona or Brazil 1982 or uh, <laughs> or uh, the yeah, Dutch I... team in the late oh, 70s total football. <laughs> could you imagine what Total Villa would look like Total or Westwood even, you know, even the Arsenal team from like five years ago yeah. or whatever I think it's longer just... than five years ago <laughs> yeah maybe maybe <laughs> ten <laughs> But we're talking about getting the basics right, like passing to your opposition, your, um, not your opposite number, because that's <laughs> yeah. what they're doing at the moment. Maybe that's where we're going wrong. <laughs> but passing to your teammates. Yeah. Also, if you're open, rather than putting your head down and trying to beat three men, pass it to the guy that's free who's next to you. Make runs off the ball. I was, I mean, I was alarmed. And tackle we, properly, you know, tackle. No, not, not tackle properly, mark properly. And mark I'm looking properly. at looking well, at corners. Alan Hutton for that. Corners, and that, yeah. the corner against Leeds is a perfect example. And also the Burton goal, that guy was Hutton, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what it was. Well, so this is what I mean yeah. by just getting the basics right, just playing just normal football. And I think you'll find we'll do a lot better because we do have that quality up front so well, let's, in isolation. Let's look at Burton then because I, I thought it was slightly different for me because we got moved from our, our seats. We had some family over for Christmas so I, I did the dutiful thing and said, you know what, we'll, we'll decamp to the Trinity for a, a different vantage point. And oh, did you go up a tier? Yeah, we went up a tier Ooh, with... Uh, yeah, it was... It was uh, I don't know how many the, the upper wings of the Trinity hold but it was a nice nice experience with the day trippers. But you get a you get a really good view of how of some of Villa's flaws and some of the things you've just been describing really how laboured we are getting it up the pitch and yeah. even when you compare it to Leeds was a good example actually just jumping from Burton that Leeds got the ball up the pitch in the second half particularly very very quickly it staggered me how we would we would work so hard to get the ball back against Burton and I think oh great Baker's got it and then he'd hump it into the middle of the pitch aimlessly and there was examples all through that game even 
even at 90 minutes, Hutton worked really hard to get the ball right into Burton's corner and then just lamped it aimlessly into the centre of the pitch when, you know, ultimately led to that uh, free kick being conceded that, that, that Bun pulled the great save off from. Yeah. So it's alarming how quite seasoned pros lose their heads at quite key moments and that's a worry that these are not necessarily your Westwoods because I thought he had a reasonably good game against Leeds but the inconsistency that, you know, the Yedinak works so great to get the ball back and then gives it away cheaply. He did that three or four times against Leeds. Yeah, this is this is another thing. Giving the ball away cheaply it's, it's is, is something uh, that when I say we need to play better football, that means not give the ball away cheaper. It doesn't mean like beat three players, do back heelers, and all no. that kind of no, stuff. No, 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 no. It's it's this idea that I mean, none of us none of us got to watch the football to dream of stats and and be you know. But it's how many unforced errors did we have we made over the last three, four, five games? Where you sit there and you think, what? Why did he? What this, was he thinking? This is the reason why people were booing at halftime against Burton. It's that frustration it's, of what's unfolding yeah. in front of their eyes. It's not necessarily. It's not the result. No. It's what they're watching. You know, people can sit there on Twitter at home and say, "Oh, you shouldn't boo the team." Blah blah blah. But when you're experiencing week after week after week, yeah. this frustrating anti-football should we call it well yeah I mean I, I don't sit there and boo but I do sit there and, and, and think what on earth you know it's no different the response is no different really in my own head that I think that that's just not good enough And yeah, it's like you, you, excuse me sir but you're getting paid five figures a week uh, I think you should be able to pass the ball to your uh, your colleague over there it's <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to make it personal with Hutton because, frankly, he's bigger and stronger than me. But for all the endeavour and effort and, and commitment and blood, sweat and tears, his, 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 his footballing ability is, is woeful at times. And you can translate yeah. that to three or four others. I mean, there, there was a reason he was like Spurs' fourth choice uh, <laughs> fullback. <laughs> and uh, was it, I think Alex, Mc, Alex McLeish bought him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was just because he, he was Scottish. I think that was probably <laughs> the only reason why uh, he took him, took him off Spurs' hands. Yeah, thanks but for that, no, Alex. Bruce hasn't got a lot of choice, has he, Bruce, at this point no, in time? But, but Bruce talks, his post-match uh, press conferences, interviews, he knows they're not playing well and he mm-hmm. openly mm-hmm. says they should play better. Yep. And then he get to the next game and it's like as if nothing has happened it's uh, often with three or four different faces in the team as well that's quite yeah. boring isn't it so hmm. it looks like he's trying and if he doesn't see commitments and I mean when I spoke to uh, Steve Round as part of this uh, fan consultation group he told us openly that Bruce if in training players were playing it sideways or backwards when mm. there was a forward ball yeah. or if they yeah. weren't being as positive as they should be he would, st- he would stop training and you know give them an earful that's so reassuring. It's like, yeah, so you're thinking, well, there's that. I'm hearing this from his, you know, m- one of his management colleagues, and also uh, you hear it from his own voice in the post-match press conference. So, mm. are the players just ignoring him all the time, or what, what's happening? I, th- I think there will be an adjustment period. I, I noticed it yes uh, against the, in the Leeds game with with Westwood's performance, and I'm, you know, what. I will criticise Westwood, but I will also give him some praise where it's due. That you could see there was a couple of forward passes in the in the first half that I saw him try to make that I think Westwood of a month six weeks yeah. ago wouldn't have tried. I also noticed that, and and this is where I thought he struggled. I thought he was a bit better. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was. And, and what what he was trying to do is when when the ball was with Yedinak or Bakuna, he tried to be six ten paces forward, the forward part of the triangle, if you like. And I think that's where he struggled because it didn't look a natural position for him. He was more used to being the back end of the triangle, if you like, yeah. and releasing that ball on. It, it's a work in progress. I, I do think that in January we surely will be looking at midfielders. Definitely a goalkeeper. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's a necessity. I mean, Yedinak... Um, I don't know what to make of him at the moment, actually. I think I might have got him 
either he's changed his game because he's getting older, mm. but I and have I been watching enough of him at Palace before? I don't know. But I thought he was like this all all round Aussie battler, and he got stuck in, and he does win the ball, but he just he kind of plays quite aloof. Mm. As if he's some kind of Glenn Hoddle kind of guy, and he kind of plays this kind of clever <laughs> ball here or there, spraying it around, but without any kind of urgency and any grit between his teeth. And sometimes he's he's kind of off the pace. I was going to say that it, he looks off the pace when uh, Leeds was a very good example where he was because we thought it was jet lag in the early games that he played. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I mean, it may it may have been in part that too, but I think this is a good a good point where we can say it's definitely not that now. Yeah, against Leeds, they they played around him often and, and he'd be anchored to the, the centre circle and the game would pass him by that was the most concerning thing that he that's how light our midfield was and when we have no roll on roll off equivalent or a different option and when it's not always horses for courses I didn't think yeah. I thought Leeds was a sterner test that we needed a Yedinak but we, we maybe needed someone else I, I don't you know I'm not going to sit here and profess to know who that is but it, the game well, passed him by for 60 minutes I mean this is the thing I mean if we're in the Premier League uh and you have that cachet that players would yeah. come to you, then we could sit here and throw names out. But it's in, when you're in the championship, it's a, it's a kind of a... Because there's a certain level of play that you can get, but are they enough to do what we need? Uh, this is the weird happen? thing. He has improved us, but we're, we're nowhere near the team that we need to be to get promoted, I don't think. Or we haven't got enough squad, if you know what I mean. That at, at 60, 70 it's minutes, like, we needed something it's else. It's like Grealish really needs something else in midfield to make his mm. game flourish. Mm. Yedinak probably the same. And you know maybe even Westwood. But I think Westwood would be the, the full guy in this situation. And that's, I think it's roughly, the description is, uh, you know, box-to-box. Kind of somebody who drives the game and keeps it, keeps it flowing. What has happened? Where is Tishbola? I, don't, I think it's that must be an attitude situation. Got to be. And he's maybe a bit too much of a joker. He was one of the names that was passing it sideways in training and getting uh, mm. shouted at. So uh, To not be making the matchday squad here and now, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. I mean, the bench has been reasonably strong, but I mean, when you've got people like... <laughs> when you've got a few forwards on the bench already and you've got Gabby on there... And you need <laughs> midfield cover, and, and Tishbol is not even... Not only... Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a bit of uh, squad rotation, because there's, I mean, there's three games in a week here, mm. you would expect Tishbola to play in the easiest game. The easiest game was Burton, and mm-hmm. nowhere near the squad, no, the matchday squad. Nowhere near the squad, and other players that have started to slip away who are on the periphery of the first eleven as well. Green, you know, these players yeah. that, that were... You know, similar to Hepburn Murphy mentioned as being right, let's start to to I don't know bleed them into the squad if you like, and they've they've suddenly gone off the radar for whatever reason. Well, I mean, Bruce has been watching the under twenty three games, and he's obviously I mean I've been watching uh, some of them as well, and you know I've been kind of shocked how uh, yeah, yeah. poor this particular generation of uh, youth players is. It's in compared to uh, recent previous years, so maybe he has the same. Well, I better leave that for a couple of years. And see what happens. I mean, as we've said before as well, it's probably not a time to be experimenting, but it's a concern that there's no there's no academy player or or your Tish bowlers who we bought in the summer who were who were billed as being the up and coming rising talent of the championship. No, even Hepburn Murphy's it's just all hype. There's actually a lot of views on Hepburn Murphy. Give him a new contract now, Bruce. Blah blah. That's from people who haven't actually seen him play. No, exactly. Because if you see him play, you think, oh, yeah, we'll take him or leave him. Well, is, is he going to be another of a long line? I mean, I want well, him we've, to come. We've done this, we've, we've done this routine. Yeah. <laughs> we've done the Moore Brothers routine. We've, we've done the Moore Brothers routine. And I have to say, this conversation is eased by alcohol in the Prince of Wales, Mosley. 
But we don't get paid for it, so why are you trying to... Uh... Maybe next time we come... They're not going to listen to it up front. They're trying we to listen it... through the door now, I can what, see them. What we need to do is, uh, <laughs> when we walk into the bar to record this, we, we, can we speak to... Excuse me, can we speak to the manager, please? <laughs> <laughs> and negotiate some, you know, tapas while we speak. Uh, kind of a, what do they call it, a rider? Yeah, yeah. rider, like, like groups have when they do concerts. Then we'll get a live audience and we'll make them all have a... We'll arrange for the pub to give everybody a free beer when they come. And Hang on a minute, we need to secure ourselves free beers before we start making well, no, that's, promise, that's, more promises. Well, that's a given, but uh, <laughs> at least if the listeners come, they will get a free drink. But anyway, that's we're looking, projecting uh, into the future. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. African Cup of Nations, I don't, mm. I don't think it really affects us. Okay, Codger's not there, but I think... Well, let's talk about AU first. AU doesn't um, really matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. I was a bit of an early season champion for him and uh, looking a bit silly, I suppose, to some degree, that I thought that he's... The, the, Brief what is spark. he though? What is it? Is he I a centre forward? I have no idea. If he's a centre forward, then okay, he hasn't been given a chance. I, but I, I think because he's selfish. That's going to say it. bags of talent. He, what? I, oh, here's what. If, if he gets the ball in the eighteen-yard box, God. then I then I see his appeal. So it's kind of it's a bit hard on him if he's. But he's only. I mean, he's played fifty games and what scored nine goals or something like that. But he's never been played in one position constantly. I, I use a tricky one because. I think he's one of uh, a smallish group of Villa players who I, I think if we got if we got a decent offer for would Villa yeah. turn it down? If 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 someone to come and say right here's ten million for AU would Bruce go? Do you know what, I'll reinvest that in X player that do you know what, will definitely improve us? Yeah, I, I don't think he's even a luxury player. He's just somebody who's got talent, but it's like the uh, it's not used to make Villa better. If you know no. what I mean, it's, yeah. it's not progressing us. He came on and it came on against Burton and he did ten or fifteen minutes of good runs pace. You know he ran them ragged, but that was a, that was against Burton. I would expect an Aston Villa striker coming off the bench who you know didn't come cheap from Lorient, yeah, um, and who who showed glimpses of, of talent if you like in the Premier League to be doing that. What he hasn't shown this season at Championship level, nearly enough consistency. I don't think people are particularly bothered when he with, he's not a natural starter, is he? No, 
So, I mean, that, so the only other guy is Codger, and as I've said, if he has that selfishness, so I'm thinking, let's see what happens in January with McCormack. If McCormack's told you are the centre forward, mm. he can bring players into the game. I mean, he has better link-up play and kind yep. of awareness, especially yep. working in tandem with Grealish. So maybe we'll see fresh dimension to uh, Villa as an attacking force. I mean, I don't look forward to Codger going. Because no. I do think he offers us a dynamic that a lot of teams can't deal with. But I do look forward to seeing McCormack. Well, that will go one of two ways, actually, I think, for, for his Villa career. Because we will be depending upon him and his goals and his creativity and his match fitness. He's coming in for, even on, you know, we, we were joking about it in the last pod, about his weight. Well, it's, yeah, one, I mean, one fan's question called him McPorkmack. It's not there's, endearing. Is there's it? only ever humour <laughs> if there's a little bit of truth in the matter. But few will care if, if over the next... Four weeks, he, he's, he's bagging goals in, and but, January's a winnable month for me. But we live in a society where that fascist body image has become more important than talent. And morbid obesity has become a national epidemic. How, how good you look on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. But if McCormack or McPorkmack or whatever you want to call him bangs in like two goals <laughs> no, a game. Will care. Two goals a game during January. I don't care if he puts on a stone every game. <laughs> we, we'll need to sign that. Is it the guy who's at Wickham at the moment? Is it, is it Akin Fenwick? Oh, we've got, uh, got friends yeah, joining no, us now. So that's, uh, that's one issue. Hello. We're almost, almost We're finished. Almost, uh, sorry. Right. sorry. Sorry, people just trying to get in and just be seen with us to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know it's us. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, McCormack, it's like, I don't care if he's got poppy fat. He's just got to uh, <laughs> just score goals and assist. I mean, you, I remember you talking at the early, mm. early, early podcast. Uh, the dark Dimitero days. The dark Dimitero days about how many assists yeah, he yeah. brought to the table. And yep. you, you were expecting a, a lot of that. And that's hopefully with him being playing a more expansive, involving game. Well, playing as well. You know, yeah. he you know he got that injury. Well, yeah. He got that injury. He's been a bit peripheral. There's been some question marks, I think, from both managers about fitness, and I think that's been thinly veiled. But he he's going to be vital for us in in January. He's got to be. He's got to be because what else is there? And Adoma was never going to the uh, African Cup of Nations anyway because he hasn't been picked for nah. over a year in the squad. But as we said earlier on, just playing out and out right winger. Play get McCormack guy. in there, spraying it out to him, and then just get people in the bloody box. Play the guy. But I think another thing is what we buy in January, mm. it's not about covering for the African Cup nope. of Nations. It's about getting a midfielder or midfielders in early enough to uh, claw ourselves bed them down as quickly as final. possible. Clawing ourselves into that final playoff spot, I don't think it's any more... I don't think we need any greater aspiration. I think that we've... You know, we, I've talked about the barometer before. Yeah, and we've that failed, at, we we failed every barometer test. Twice. Norwich leads twice. So, you know, didn't manage to beat Brighton when we were on top for virtually the whole game. We've got to just go win, 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 win now. And yeah, we've done exactly what we didn't want to in, do. You know, in 20... How many games is it? 20, well, 20-odd 20 games. We've only won two games against teams above the bottom six. Well, and we've it, got to turn that around. Well, it's fantastic. We've got a great home form. Or great undefeated home record, I should say. Yeah. Actually, great home form isn't true. It's got to be wins. Yeah. Too many draws across the season, home and away. End of. Before the uh, Leeds game, we were fifth best home form. I am positive about the second half of the season, but put the, put the last result in perspective. We could have gone into, you know, touching distance of the playoffs. Actually, now we, we're at risk of dropping to thirteenth or fourteenth if the results don't go, go with us yeah. in the next round. That's. That's where we're at, really. But the, the January fixture list is kind of winnable, softish. It's winnable. Mid, mid-ish table teams. And 
if we can't rack up a good few wins there. If we were really gunning for it, we should win through those that January. But of course, uh, we're not performing to the level. We're, we're not, not playing in a way no. which suggests you can go into any game confident at the moment, and that's the worrying thing. Well, we haven't we haven't yet cemented ourselves as to people saying, "Well, Aston Villa are coming. Aston Villa are on an unstoppable run of form." You know, beating teams like Leeds turns the turns the conversation, doesn't it? It's yeah. as, you know. Well, if we beat Leeds, uh, that would have been the firmest step we've made towards the mm. playoffs mm-hmm. this season. Absolutely. So, in terms of the playoffs, it's to be continued. Uh, anyway, I've got to speaking of Leeds, I've got to get a train. Uh, well, to somewhere to get a lift up to the northern lands for. Uh, New Year's Eve and hopefully you've had a good Christmas and uh, we will have a good uh, good time on New Year's Eve and we will join you for the next episode which will be in 2017 the promotion season the promotion season 2016 was the relegation season 2017 is the promotion season asterisk maybe <laughs> Uh, don't forget to subscribe, uh, whatever format you listen to the show on, whether it be iTunes, Acast, Player.fm, TuneIn, Stitchin, Podbean. Stitchin? Stitchin, yeah. Stitchin, bitchin. <laughs> <laughs> and sign up as a patron. Start the new year in a big way. Go to myomanset.com. Check out Patron on the menu bar. Next episode, we might do a review of 2016. A bit of a Mom's Podcast Awards with a twist. Best 2015-16 player. Mm, that could take a while to work that one out. <laughs> anyway, until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. My old man said Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.